Bro, you done biked five extra miles for no goddamn reason. You could have made like it to the 15 bucks for the flowers. Oh my god. She literally shot her shot. Why aren't you shooting yours? Yo, I, I mean- <laughs> Welcome back to this week's episode of Decanting Life. This is episode three. I'm Bella. I'm Tway. And we're going to go ahead and kick it off with this week's drink. It's another one of my selections, which, you know, we'll transition to you picking the wines in the future. For sure. Um, We definitely need to go with some reds in the future. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking because I'm such... Like, I'm so partial to white wines, so that's all I've been selecting. <laughs> but please, please, please help me branch out. Um, Absolutely. So we are looking at Twirl. It's a 2017 California Moscato. And I picked this up. Actually, you know, this wasn't on my list. This was when I went to BevMo with Josh. And I'm a sucker for deals. And just a really quick tangent. But, like, you know, like, the meme about how, like, women see, like, deals and they'll, like, jump at it? Like, for example... Um, Spends $30, $7 for shipping, spend $100 for free shipping. You got to spend the $100 for free shipping then? That's me. So <laughs> when when Josh and I were walking around, I was like, buy one, get one for five cents. Hell yeah. So yeah. I actually have two bottles of these like, sitting around. <laughs> I'm a huge Moscato person, so I'm excited. Um, and this is a bottle that I... I tried to not peek at, and I was like, Josh, read the description. Do you think I'll like it or not? But don't tell me like what is actually in it. And he was like, yeah, I think you will. Um, so I might be a little skewed in my analysis today. For sure. It's called twirl. So I'm imagining one of us is going to be twirling by our fifth glass <laughs> tonight. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I can actually drink that much today, which is what I say all the time. But I do surgery tomorrow for the first time in months. Whoa. And my hands have been really, really shaky lately from whatever, for whatever reason. I'm not even too sure. It might be the alcohol. So. Surgery. surgery. On a human being? Not on a human being. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. I would not be drinking tonight, but um, yeah, no. It's, That's uh, true. Not on a human. How do they treat, like, do you know if, like, surgeons get, um, checked on before the night before to see if they don't do like any shady shit before the surgery like is there any like protocol there oh honestly i don't know i don't think they do i think it's just like you know going into medicine you take the hippocratic oath and you just try not to fuck that up basically (laughs) (laughs) no i get it because it's like i'm wondering if there's anything that stops a surgeon from drinking way too much coffee before a surgery like who who checks on the surgeon for not doing that you know because i feel like that might be a problem right but i think the other thing is that when you do surgery it's not just the surgeon in the room it's a lot of it's a whole staff so true there are other people keeping you accountable um so i would hope (laughs) that you know to all the surgeons out there future whatever um yeah, no, no wine podcasting. The, 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 the anesthesiologist is like, let me, let me smell your breath. Oh my god! Yeah, kind of acting sus future Bella, No drinking before your future brain surgeries, man. Nope. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's get into this one. Okay, so there's no cork this time. 
Nothing is gonna fly across the room. I know. Oh my god! I want you to know. I re-listened to our podcast. You know, truly, me being out here doing the mostest as our biggest fan. But like, <laughs> like episode two, you were like, you were talking it through where you're like, okay, we're gonna very slowly do this, and then you literally hear my shit go off. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> and it's like I'm a. It meme. was a comedy of errors. You know? Yeah, I was like. I'm like Bella. <laughs> I'm that kid who doesn't listen to the teacher's instructions and gets herself like into shit. Oh, it's like I'm imagining um, you were in like chemistry class, and it's like, okay, okay, kids, let's not mix this chemical in with this one, and then you get a huge explosion yeah, in the back of, of the room immediately. <laughs> That's, That's <me>. Bella. <laughs> what are we choosing for today? So remember when I thought I didn't get the call back for that interview? Right. I did. So that's a huge thing. And I'm Hell just yeah. anxiously waiting till the end of this week. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude. All yeah. right. Cheers to Bella making money moves. Wait, but what about you? <laughs> um, I made a bomb ass kimchi bacon fried rice just earlier. Ooh. So... <laughs> We can to choose that. Money moves and <laughs> cooking moves. <laughs> yep. Clink. Clink. Oh, I like this. It's not too sweet. It's actually very sweet. I I, I don't know about you. That was really, really sweet. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I mean, compared to other sweet. moscatos, is it sweeter than most moscatos or is it like on, on par? I think it's on par. Um, but I think it's because again, like I said, I err towards white wines and mm. 70% of the time, I go for Moscatos. So that's why I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. But you definitely venture out a lot more than I do, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i more used to to like more dry white wines and more red wines, for sure. Um, and I was expecting, I was like bracing myself for like a, the usual alcoholic kick that you do with like wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was like, imagine my surprise that this comes through uh on my tongue on my mouth and i'm like wait am i am i drinking this wrong it it might as well be like lemon water (laughs) words of an alcoholic yeah (laughs) (laughs) i guess the tolerance is building oh no (laughs) um oh man this tastes really good though it tastes like candy uh and i know i said that about the the first wine the um what was the first ever wine that we had? The first one was the Riesling. It was the, the Dr. Riesling. Dr. Al Riesling. Mm-hmm. You were talking mm-hmm. about lemons that time. And I then was. I made that comment about how I sweat eating candies. Like, hard candies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this one is like that, but just really soft. You know, there's, um, there's really no... It goes down really smoothly. Um, there's no hit from uh, any of the alcohol. You, you can easily just go through the entire bottle and not even realize it. Yeah, that was... It's very dangerous. What I was low-key hoping to avoid tonight. Um, we'll <laughs> see, I guess. Notes of strawberry and peach. Mm, I don't know if my tasting is just really bad this week, but I'm having to... This is like my sixth sip, and I'm still like trying to pin it down. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if yeah, there was like, a sommelier oh, we're in the room, so many pauses because we're both just like chugging this thing, <laughs> trying to like 
get like a hint of like what it actually is yeah this is great podcasting material right now oh, <laughs> if yeah. a sommelier was like right next to me they would be very disappointed yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it feels like a very um full-bodied moscato to be quite honest with you yo honestly it kind of tastes like a haichu oh no i gotta sip it again to like confirm that now it kind of tastes like a haichu bro like it's the green one is what i'm thinking of the green apple one the green apple one you're not wrong you're not wrong i'm gonna have to add apple to this what does it remind you of like does it put you in an, any sort of mood any setting I think of dessert because I feel like this Moscato in particular is pretty close to ice wine. The mm. way that ice wine goes down really easy and it's super smooth. That's how I feel about this Moscato. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I'm almost like thinking I'm like picturing myself baking a strawberry shortcake, like a, a wooden cabin sort of a feel like it's it's like grandma's house. It feels like a very refreshing weekend. You know, where you could just like release all your inhibitions and just worry about baking. I feel you know? like you always have very like great portrayals of your thoughts on these wines. And I'm here like, yeah, I'm thinking of like more wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is probably because of the bottle. But I keep thinking of ballet and tool. Oh, like, it's just such fun, bright colors. So I'm thinking like springtime or like golden hour also in a kitchen or like in a ballet studio um in a ballet studio I, yeah. I don't i've had dance like stuck on my mind a lot lately so i think i look at these colors and i'm just like wow they're really pretty colors for a leotard or something yeah i mean it is called twirl so i can see where you get the Perhaps. ballet from. <laughs> I, like i said we're one of us is going to be twirling by the end of the night oh, no. <laughs> Who knows, the ballet studio thing can become a reality oh, man. on this podcast. All right, you ready for the big reveal? Twirl Moscato is a light-bodied, I was so wrong on that, um, crisp wine with aromas and flavors of fresh peach, orange blossom, and nectarine. We handcraft our Moscato in our signature twirling style, making this wine consistent, smooth, balanced, and perfect for any occasion. Whoa. So I got the peach. Nectarine. You know I always I say love orange. nectarines. Yeah, I always say orange blossom. And you know, the one time I didn't say it, it's actually in this wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think I've ever like straight up had like an orange blossom flavor in anything. But I can uh, tell you that nectarines I know very well, even though I wasn't able to detect it in this wine. I It's because I love getting nectarines from farmer's markets. It's like the fruit you go get you go to the farmer's market to get um because they they always have so much varieties especially in socal during the summer um of like very of of like different like nectarine types you know you get like the purple kinds and then you get like the the white kinds and then like the the yellow nectarines my favorite in particular is the yellow kind but like i said i i always uh splurge for nectarines whenever i'm in the farmer's market cuz that's like the only place you can get it really yeah, I mean, I agree. I used to actually do all my grocery shopping from the farmer's market every single weekend. Yeah. Which is like a very privileged thing to say. I acknowledge that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I love the farmer's market. And mm -hmm. after or when COVID hit and they had to shut down, I was devastated. I think I actually right. brought it up to my therapist where I was like, this is such a privileged first world problem. 
but what do I do now? <laughs> and to this very day, I'm still really missing my tomato guy who had like the absolute best mini heirloom tomatoes Yo. I've ever had. And I cannot find anywhere else to match him. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember which farm it was from. And yeah. I cry a little bit inside every time. <laughs> well, isn't there, isn't there a farmer's market on US, uh, UCSD campus? Yeah, there is. So that one's really limited. I think it's more so... Um, has vendors because they want to cater to the students who will like splurge on food every Tuesday and not have to eat our like dining hall food. But right. UCSD's dining halls have gotten so insanely good. And uh -huh. we have so many new establishments open on campus that are like, why didn't this exist when I was there? You know? Oh, right. Yeah. I, I was mentioning UCSD because I remember that there is uh, one specific hummus guy that that sells his hummus on uh, UCSD's campus. I don't know exactly where. Um, I just know that when my friend Matt brought it home uh, one day, it was like the one of the best hummuses I, I, I ever had, you know? It was amazing. It was like a garlic tomato, sun-dried tomato type hummus. And man, the umami was there. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know any other way to describe it. Just like... It really uh, tasted fresh and really um, it has like a, a, a nice a sharp tang to it too. The magic of farmer's market and yeah. supporting your local businesses. I feel like there's so many plugs I want to put into like this podcast. Um, oh, for sure. I feel like we, we will throughout the podcast. But Hummus guy, if you're listening, <laughs> I love you. And I, I really hope that you don't go out of business because of COVID because I will come down to support you myself if that I were ever to be the case. Because... I used like the one stand I would always hit up every single time I go to farmer's market Yeah, is my pesto guy. And oh. I swear to God, I will not buy pesto from anyone else but him. Okay, actually, that's not entirely true. But he went out of business. <laughs> he and did? I've no. been devastated ever since. He makes this perfect like spicy vegan pesto. And yeah. um, I remember before COVID, he was already not doing well because nobody wants to spend like $10 on a tiny Esther or pesto, except for me, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love it. <laughs> so he was like, do you want to like take over my business? Do you want to like buy in? And I was like, bro, <gasps> I work in academia. Like, I don't know how much you think I make. I do not make that much money at all. And so he ended up selling to um, Hawthorne Coffee who now produces the pesto, but uh -huh. I like, it took months for me to track it down because they weren't, they didn't seal the deal yet. And then when they finally did, I tried it and it's not the same. No. And like, Bella. I love Hawthorne coffee, but they didn't nail the recipe and I'm devastated. Bella, you had the opportunity to save it. I know. And I did not I don't know how much it was going to cost <laughs> me, but. You could have gone down such a different trajectory of your life. I know. Yeah. Given up like everything else I've like slaved my life away for to become pesto girl. Pesto girl. I know. Nobody is going to buy it. It's going to be so overpriced. No, <laughs> I would have so bought good. it. Do you think? Do you, yeah. Do you actually? No, totally. I, I could see you uh, opening up a truck uh, with that new pesto. Um, going to like going to, to uh, you know, the famous like OC restaurants like Fig and Olive. Making sure that your pesto is the one that's being served to every single customer out there. It's so good. I still dream of that pesto all the time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and take it into our weekly recap. So Tway, what have you been up to this whole week? So the wedding that I told you guys about last weekend happened um, and it was great. I had a great time. I caught up with 
the groom, uh, my one of my close friends, um, and his family again. And it was really amazing. It, it reaffirmed my faith in God. Um, I felt like so much love there, even though I was just the videographer. I almost I felt like a family friend while I was at the wedding. And the bride uh, was very lovely. And the entire night, um, just people were really nice and really generous. And it, it made me feel welcome. Um, the cake was really good. It was like this chocolate, like salted caramel. And and people were dancing. And albeit like, uh, it, it was like a wedding of less than like 25 people. Um, and, and I'm sure everybody was part of the family. So everybody got tested or or definitely made sure they didn't have COVID before. So it was nice to see kind of like how, what people were like when, you know, things uh, would be normal again. Um, which I know is not because I... I do, uh, I do know that from this past week, uh, there have been people in my life that uh, have lost family members to COVID. And so, you know, my, my prayers go out to them and their families uh, because, you know, COVID is still like a very real thing. So the, the idea that like uh, nothing as fundamentally has changed from like the past five months or seven months that we've been living. Um, but, you know, we've we've learned how to deal with it more so now than before. Um, I feel, I feel, uh, safer at work than I had in the past, um, which I don't know if is a good thing or, or not, but you know, at, at least, uh, the way that we're currently living now, days I'm, I'm starting to feel more comfortable with it. Right. We've adapted to the circumstances. I do mm-hmm. think it's a little disheartening to think about how complacent so many people have become. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you're listening to this podcast, please wear your goddamn mask and yes. practice distancing and the whole shebang. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny because I, it's not funny, but uh, Moderna, who is basically leading the race for a vaccine in the U.S. right now, reached out yeah. to me to become a participant in the vaccine trials. In the trials? In the trials, Whoa. yeah. They're in stage three. Um, so... They haven't had any like awful repercussions. I think I heard there was like nausea and like a few other not too wild responses. But of course, it depends on the on the individual themselves. Um, so I've kind of been on the fence about like signing on to the trials or not, just because I'm in the middle of my existential crisis and also <laughs> not knowing like if I'm going to get this job or not. But the reality of it is for me personally, I think uh-huh. if I don't get this job, and I like have time in my life, I'd probably do it. Well, yeah, it would be fun to have an existential crisis in the middle of uh, fighting an existential crisis. Yeah, right. right? Like, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to be able to like say I actually contributed to this vaccine, um, which is really cool. I told my mom and my mom was like, oh, my God, no, you're going to die. And you know, <laughs> it's like, fine, all in the name of science, right? <laughs> Pain yeah. is temporary. Science is forever. I mean, nobody, like you said, nobody really died from the the vaccine trials so far. They're in stage three. So I don't know how um, pharmaceuticals work, but like, is that pretty far along in the vaccine stages? Yeah, that's pretty far along. So, oh man, um, again, I didn't really eat dinner. So whatever you're drinking, like it's going to hit me a lot faster. Also, I'm like scrawny, not scrawny, but I'm like tiny Asian girl. So um mm. <laughs> I believe there's five. I think there's actually four. Okay, this is so bad. 
we got to like redact this later. But um, so stage three is basically when it's now being distributed to a larger population. And so it is deemed like safer now. And we're essentially, I think, like one trial away from mass producing it to the general public. Um, And so Bella giving us the inside knowledge. Yeah. You know, it's because I with my clinical research work, I don't actually do FDA stuff as of now, hopefully. Um, But Mm -hmm. I definitely look at the stuff in my free time just because I think it's really interesting and I want to know where we're at. And also because I'm a huge nerd. For sure. I mean, what I was like, uh, the the question that kept popping in my mind as we're thinking about like this vaccine is like, uh, like, let's say you were to be part of the stage three vaccine trials. Um, and like, let's say you do it and you, uh, you get through it pretty okay. And you're pretty much immune to coronavirus at that point. Like what, what would life look like uh, for you? Like what are, like, what would you do? And like, what would be like the social repercussion of it? Oh, man. So I think like from a biological standpoint, though, I can't really quite say I'm immune because I I have people like friends who work with the virus itself, like on the front lines in terms of like the research. And yeah. they're saying that the rate at which this um, positive stranded like virus, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. It mutates insanely fast. So there's like right. constant mutations happening with it. So there's a chance that by the time we actually have a vaccine, it's not even going to combat all the cases of COVID out there. Right. This is probably going to be somewhat the new normal that we're yeah, be living in. Right. And this is why we're like in such a race. And the thing about drugs overall, they usually take like 10 to 15 years to develop. And we're like really trying to expedite that process. And it's, we're cutting corners a little bit and that's really scary to think about, but you know, like they're doing what they can. They're basically trying to cut corners by repurposing drugs that already exist, which is the whole case of remdesivir and other Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Yeah. And I was reading this like really cool article about how they're trying to come up with like this new thing called like CH 25 H or some, okay, I'm going to basically there's a race, things are happening, go science, Uh but it's going to take some time. And if I were for any magical reason immune, I, you know, like, I think I would donate like the crap out of my plasma. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing, Bella. All right. So what else other than this wedding that seems super cool and super heartwarming? Yeah, no, it really warmed my heart. Um, On on the weekend, I pretty much spent uh, editing the the whole like uh, wedding video. It's still not done. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see like the, the footage and it was from a new camera that I, I haven't used before, but I was thinking about getting, and I don't know, I'm kind of tempted on upgrading, uh, my camera again. Cause it's been like ages, like since high school, since I've gotten like a new camera, uh, that wasn't like my film camera. So I don't know. Do I do it? Do I, or do I just wait uh, until I'm do more freelance work uh, to upgrade my camera? I'm like, that's um, an expensive hobby. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's also my, my life and my, my job and everything. True. And I, and I'm lucky uh, that like my work right now, like is kind of set up that it's like a full-time gig, but I still have like time um, throughout the day to do the things that I want to do. Um, and then like on the weekends, obviously that's where I do like all my other creative stuff. Um, and like other jobs that I kind of want to pursue too. And I feel like lately uh, people have been asking me to do uh, more photography things, mostly for like engagements. Um, 
and weddings and stuff like that because I guess this is the time still. So I'm like, if I'm predicting that I'm going to get a lot more of those like engagements soon in the future, I might actually like thinking about investing in like a new camera, which is going is going to be like a big, like somewhat of a big step uh, for me in my career because then that'll lead me to invest in like other like gear, like lights and, um, and like, uh, camera accessories and like renting out studio space to do like, uh, photos. And I'm just thinking about the hypotheticals in the future, but I always imagined myself that I wasn't going to be, um, doing YouTube content for like the rest of my life. Like at some point I'm going to have to make the, the leap to just focusing on freelance and shooting and cinematography and all that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll definitely be after coronavirus for sure though. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And it's, sounds like it's worth the investment. So I'm excited for you when you actually bite the bullet into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to be an amazing time. Yeah. Cause I don't know, (laughs) like I, I've never worked freelance my entire life. I'm like, I'm still in the mindset of, uh, wanting to be as stable as possible. Um, and which is weird for, for like a filmmaker like me to, to think about because, filmmaking is anything but as my friends like constantly tell me about um so so it's funny that I moved up to LA uh to to do a job in filmmaking that was full-time because that that like happens only like 10% of the time right but I don't know uh like do you think that you would be able to uh manage sort of like a schedule where you work for yourself and not have to be stuck in a routine and full-time and things like that Honestly, no. That like stressed me out a little bit when you're like, oh, I have free time. I'm like, oh my God, what is free time even? Um, (laughs) Which is so bad. And it's so interesting because like, I'm going to interject. Even during my interview that I had um, yesterday for this job that I'm just like praying I get, the last piece of advice and like, I guess the biggest piece of advice that um, my interviewer stressed with me, and I didn't know why she said it, but I can speculate why. She was like, so something I really want to tell you, and I think it's the biggest, most crucial thing that I can pass on to you is that you need to have a good work-life balance. You need to be able to have hobbies Mm. on top of this job. And I want you to live your life or else you're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable and your happiness (sighs) is important. And she's like, yes, like, don't make this job your life, blah, blah, blah. And I was like nodding my head like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, I wonder what like prompted that from her and I think it's because she looked at my resume oh, and it's God. like showing that I worked like four jobs at a time <laughs> so. <laughs> either that or I'm thinking I'm, I'm just uh, like concerned for her because it almost sounds like a like a help me sort of thing it's like I'm trapped <laughs> <laughs> yeah no she seemed like great I I would be so stoked to oh, work okay. for her yeah um yeah but like for me in my current state my full-time job itself extends past 40 hours a week <laughs> I mean, this whole yeah. summer I was doing like 80 hours a week. And at one point I hit like 100, 100, 120 hours in a week. And then I do like other stuff on top of that. So yeah, anybody who's known you, yeah. Bella, I'm sure know, knows that you work your ass off. Like I'm an actual workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh-huh. the thought of like, you know, having that much free time is like, what? <laughs> but I would yeah. love that. I think that's great. And I think it's like, I really want us to eventually do an episode where we talk about our careers because you and I went down such different career paths from each other. And especially Mm -hmm. with your career, I think it's so interesting because 
it's not one that a lot of people tend to take, especially growing up in like a first, even like second generation Asian American background. Definitely. I, I always constantly think about that when I whenever I go back to Orange County and meet people that you know from my high school and they tell me that they're still in like in grad school and everything and I'll and every time my reaction on the inside is just like oh I'm so glad I'm not you (laughs) (laughs) oh no is that is that bad to think no No, that's fair yeah no I I I guess I'm just lucky I don't know we we could do that podcast that you're talking about now for this one um because yeah I I think uh, I'm I'm always internally grateful for the choices that I got because of um i mean if if you want to go back to like the source of it all just like my parents handing me a camera and saying yeah do whatever you want with it go ahead yeah and yeah yeah like it honestly like shout out to my parents for being able to make it happen because not a lot of people uh not a lot of parents would send their kid to like a a private school that costs uh, upwards of like $40,000 a year uh, just to learn film. Um, yeah. But then they, they definitely saw the, the passion in me because of like the stuff I did for in high school, like BBN and yearbook and and the school newspaper and photography and all that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want this to devolve in sort of like a me trying to like impart <laughs> wisdom because I'm, I'm still trying to figure out things uh, myself too, but it was lucky for me that I was able to exhibit that sort of passion early on in life to, to be where I am today. And I think um, it goes for everybody who thinks that they are, they love one thing, but then they're like, Oh, I can't make a career out of this. I'm just going to do STEM. I'm just going to go to computer science um, until I make the money that I can, that I can use towards this passion, this career and the thing that I really want to do, um, which I, I personally think is a, a little bit of a waste of time because if you, you know, if you know, if you're meant to do something in this world, like take photos or mix drinks <laughs> yeah, or, um, play basketball or things like that, then, uh, if you work every day of your life on it, then you'll, uh, you'll get there somehow. I don't know. Life, life just finds a way. See, I definitely, uh, my parents are very supportive, but I didn't have that same background growing up. And it's kind of funny. Um, there are several things I want to touch on in this discussion. Um, so personally for me, let's start off with like my career path and what led me to do STEM actually is that. Yeah. I definitely had the crazy Asian parents, but I think my parents aren't as crazy as other people tend to like share their stories on like subtle Asian trait and stuff. Um, I remember at age, well, in kindergarten, I wanted to be a teacher in the fourth grade. I had the audacity to tell my parents (laughs) I wanted to be a baker because I was just so into like baking and cooking as a kid. And Mm -hmm. my dad like was so appalled. They were like, you mean as a hobby, right? And I was like, no, I want to bake cakes and like bread for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I totally, I totally get what you're uh, going, getting at because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about my sister right now and she has definitely gone through the same thing. As yeah. You. And I mean, yeah. like I have so much respect for people who do what they do, you know, just my parents weren't the most encouraging about it. In the sixth mm-hmm. grade, I wanted to go into fashion design and they were also like, that's a hobby. Um, so luckily I kind of just naturally gravitated towards medicine and 
Nice. It's like out of passion for like wanting to help people, wanting to like be very hands on on the front lines and believing in the process itself. Um, and then throughout college, I was so exposed to research and that's what I do now full time and part time and God knows in however many mm-hmm. ways. Um, and so yeah. the goal for me is doing an MD PhD. So I'll be applying next cycle and then we'll see because I nice. I like it's just things that, you know, are they're actually genuinely what I want to do. And I think my parents are so relieved to see that it like developed on its own. Um, because I really like the idea of teaching people. I love interacting with humans. I love the medical hands-on aspect of like having patients, being able to assist with that and take mm-hmm. care and be responsible for someone's health. And I really like the idea of research. So nice. I just kind of want to do um, it all. <laughs> before, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's that's really, like it's hard to to be in like the position that you are and still maintain like the passion for helping people and things like that. But before we get too far away from it, like, do you do you ever imagine yourself like kind of going against your parents' wishes like at any point in your life? Um, because I know what what also I didn't include like in sort of like the way that I was able to um, to kind of like lead the path of filmmaking on my own was because not only did I show a passion for it, I also didn't really fill them in on a lot of details of like what I was doing with like college applications mm-hmm. and things like that. Like I, I didn't even consider like a alternative, um, major when I was applying to college, it was only five schools and it was all towards film production. And I didn't consult my parents, uh, before that at any point, uh, to let them know that, Hey, like if it's, if it's not these five schools, then I'm going to go to OCC and that's that. And we'll, we'll see what happens in two years. It still feels like there's that, like, uh, that, that, like, extra sort of protections that that you that they put on like girls growing up versus just like guys you know right and um i don't know how that affects you um like when in your sort of like feeling of like potentially rebelling against your parents and going down the path that you wanted before like being a baker and a fashion designer and things like that um i i know i probably didn't word that very gracefully it's okay (laughs) But I do, I do know that that was like, um, a big part in my, my parents sort of like, um, response to the things that my sister wanted to do versus what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, so I think for me, end of the day, it did just take a while for me to figure out exactly what it is I wanted to do. And it's funny cause I, I wasn't the greatest at STEM in like elementary school. I like low key almost failed fourth grade science. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is funny because like everything I do now is like science right almost um yeah. so I think I didn't get too much like backlash with where I'm at in life now because mm-hmm. I they just watched me na- like naturally gravitate towards it okay and so we ended up being on the same page I do think that I should mention this though my parents hate the fact that I'm doing science like specifically like the PhD wanting to do PhD route yeah right and that's kind of crazy because it's like why wouldn't you want like an, a daughter in like STEM doing like a PhD and like becoming a professor or something in the long run, right? But uh-huh. um, there's, you know, we can definitely go, I can go off for days about this, but there's <laughs> so much to doing academia where it's like toxic and all these like awful things that can right. very easily deter anyone. And I have very much been exposed to that. And so... Like I, there've been many phone calls to my mom where I'm calling her crying about how shitty I feel because of like what happened in lab that day or like 
days where I'm like not talking to her because I'm in lab for like 12 hours at a time or just mm. like how awful like my health is like mentally, emotionally and physically because I'm not taking care of myself. And so um, my parents have a glimpse of like the rigor of what it takes to succeed in academia for some people. And they're just like, we don't want you to keep like sacrificing yourself over that. So they're not the biggest fan of me pursuing like a PhD. Um, but oh, okay. they kind of end of the day, they know they don't have like too much say in my life. And I think part of that is just also that like kind of delving a little bit. We're not going to dive into this, but like I, I had some shit happen back in like 2018. And my parents, ever since that incident, have learned to just be a lot more hands on. And I think they tiptoe around me a lot and they kind of just trust me to make smart decisions in my life and mm -hmm. that I will like eventually do what's best for me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess now is your chance to uh, actually pivot to Baker if you really wanted oh to God. now at this point. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I could, but it's really funny because I'm also not the greatest at baking. <laughs> actually, I think I'm pretty good now, but back in middle school, I once made cookies. And like, you can ask any of my middle school friends who I recently reconnected with. Um, yeah. I baked cookies from scratch, brought them in, and they were like, dude, how did these not get confiscated? Because these aren't cookies. These are weapons. You could throw this at something <laughs> and it will break. Damn. I, yeah, so I don't know. Don't have me bake wow. cookies from scratch apparently. But I'm good at making like strawberry shortcake, which is funny that you brought it up earlier. And I'm yeah. decent at making like Napoleons, which are like one of my favorite desserts. Um, wow, Napoleons. I wouldn't even think about baking those. I don't think they're that hard, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like you got what it takes, but obviously we can cheers to the fact that we've uh, found our career paths and uh, would never think about changing them anytime soon. Yeah. Clink. Yeah. Cheers. So something else I did want to bring up when you mentioned like how involved you were with your passion before we like move on from this. Um, yeah. I want like, and I think like people might have this question too, where they're like, how did you two end up where you are today? Like doing this podcast together, right? And you and oh, I yeah. have had this conversation where we're like, at what point did we get so close? Um, how so, did it happen? Yeah. So this is my perspective where back in high school, I was super involved in Key Club. Like I did, I was on board like every year kind of thing. Um, mm. And I had always seen your name around on like all the Key Club dances photos. Wait, really? Yeah, because you were always like photographing them. And so that I was your see, first impression of me. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this guy's like photographing every single Key Club dance or like all these things. Is he like super popular or like something? <laughs> Guys, this is the first time that I'm hearing about this myself, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I had always heard of you, but we apparently never crossed paths in high school. Right. And then you started working for... Um, Westminster. Yeah, for Westminster High School, which is, where, which is my alma mater. And mm. I would always hang out with uh, Mr. Ortega, who is like... Like yeah. one of my favorite people at Westminster. And yeah. Toy was and like. Miss Tran and Alvin. Yeah. And so shout out to the K11 guys. crew. Yeah. Shout and out to so the K11 crew. Miss Williams, would, right. even Mr. Jimenez. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would visit all the time my first year of college and I ran into Toy and somehow we just like clicked and then we kept in touch throughout the years. But I think it was senior year of college for both of us where you would come down to San Diego and hang out with your bros and. Like you would yeah. reach out to me and we would hang out. And then yeah. next thing you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, it was like really seamless. The, the kind of like wavelength that me and Bella were on back then, because I mean, you, you pretty much nailed like the story on the head and, um, what, what really helped was, yeah, me like having friends in UCSD to come down and visit. But then I, I always felt like, um, that like, I, I just wanted to hang out with you, uh, and like have brunch just, just, uh, because like, you know, you're, you're a fun person to be around. I know oh, that's not thanks. like the compliment that you want to get at <laughs> <laughs> time, but I, I, ser- I seriously thought it's like, man, like she, like we, we have like awesome conversations with each other. Um, and I guess I, f- I felt like a personal close listen to you because, uh, off the bat, uh, we were, we were kind of talking, not, not shit, but like, we were kind of like a gossiping about like people like we <laughs> kind of know in like our lives too, Westminster. So I was like, Oh, okay. I'm getting, I'm getting some like, I, inside remember the info exact, to Bella. I think we're thinking of the exact conversation that we right. had. <laughs> I, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, Oh, okay. This is new. This is exciting. I'm a very um, open book, I would say. So if I like, I think for me, I, very much pick up on vibes very fast and if i vibe with you i will immediately like open up to you or like shoot my shot of you kind of thing which i've been told is like me being low-key dumb sometimes but i don't know i kind of i I touch i i can't even talk right now i trust my intuition (laughs) it's great no i i wish more people were uh the the kind of people that say said what they felt you know so any other updates you want to share with us um no that's pretty much it uh what about you honestly this week went by so fast and it was kind of a blur to me um Mm. so I got that initial interview and they told me they were gonna get back to me last Friday and they didn't so the entire weekend I was like low-key crying over how awful like I must have been because I knew they were gonna interview at least three candidates and I was like I didn't even make top three (laughs) um (laughs) Lo and behold, I get an email at 11.32 p.m. on Monday night, to which, by the way, I respond to emails really fast if I, like, if it's urgent. I responded uh-huh. within three minutes, and I was like, yes, I will interview with you 10 hours from now. Of course. What an honor. <laughs> so I was ecstatic. I immediately texted you, and I was like, I'm crying. <laughs> because I was like, I didn't drop out. Um, yeah, I, w- I was so happy. I was like... But in in the back of my mind, I, I was I was always thinking, Bella, you're you're gonna get it. Just wait a couple of more days. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, fingers I like, crossed. Um, they did tell me I was, I mean, kind of like low key the most eligible candidate. So I was just like, wow. I was like, so hire me, please, because yo, getting your hopes up. Yeah, already. I know, and I'm just like, man, don't play with my feelings, like. I have enough fuck boys in my life doing this. I don't need like careers doing this too, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, they told me they would get back to me by the end of this week, which hopefully means the end of this week and not next week, because I'm going to spend this weekend crying again, probably. Um, but no. it was really exciting. It was super enlightening. I had a great conversation with the PI and I'm just really ecstatic, but also kind of just nervous because I mean, you and I had a trip planned for our birthdays. And mm-hmm. if I get this job, it's not happening. We can do a short weekend trip. Um, but everything about this position just feels right. So here's hoping for that. For sure. Yeah, I don't know the last time where I heard you so excited to get a job before. Um, because like the entire time that I've known you, uh, 
and like all of the, your experiences with like toxic work environments before and things like that. I'm just like really happy that we got to a point where you're actually excited to get uh, a job. I mean, I'm always like excited, but like, yes, I'm excited for it to be different um, yeah. because this is so different from what I, not so different, but pretty different from what I've done in the past where my mm-hmm. strength has always been in like a wet lab where I've always done like neuroscience and I've been really good at techniques but this is clinical research, not necessarily related to what I've done in the past. And I like took that leap of faith. I turned down like other job offers for this position that I don't even know if I'm going to get. So this is truly me really shooting my shot and believing in the process. So whoever needs to hear it, trust the process. Trust the process. Not to Let's cheers to that. Not Yeah, cheers to that, but not to mm-hmm. reference the copyright, whatever the trust the process with the NBA is. <laughs> yeah, with the, the 76ers. <laughs> They're, they're definitely not trusting the process this year. <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean, to, to get back to the work-life balance, um, how are you going to get back the, the scale of life with this new job? So it seems like this job is pretty set on roughly 40 hours a week. It seems like the PI yeah. doesn't want me working weekends, which will be a first because I don't remember wow. when in the past, like, however many... Like, a lab has ever said yeah, that to you? Yeah, because yeah. I've worked like six to seven days a week every single day for the past like four years now maybe Holy crap. um so that's exciting and i think i say this it's only it's gonna give me time for myself but that time is gonna be spent studying for the mcat so we'll see but mm. i mean i think who i am as a person always makes time for life to happen um yeah. which is another thing that kind of happened i hung out with uh someone who came back into my life this weekend not the greatest move of my life but um yeah lessons mm. learned won't go into that because that's not what this podcast is about um but can that just be the tagline for this I know, podcast like, honestly, that's, that's just not what boys, this podcast is about not what this podcast is about, which is like honestly most of what i talk about which i'm so sorry for i swear i have a personality beyond that um right. But yeah, Bella, I want to hear about all the hobbies that you want to bring back into your life. Yeah, uh, I was supposed to do some painting this weekend and that didn't really happen. <laughs> um, I do a lot of chores. I think if anyone knows me really well, I do chores like every single day of my life. And I wow. played a bit of football again the other day, mostly just passing. But good to know my arm is not bad, which is funny because uh. <laughs> I, I never played like I wasn't QB or anything. I played defensive end, uh, which mm. doesn't even involve passing a ball. But that was kind of cool. Right. Um, Do you know how to throw a perfect spiral? I'm capable of it. Am I good at yes. it? No, it's going to take me <laughs> several tries. And a well-pumped up ball, which my ball was not. So uh-huh. let me like borrow my brother's pump, pump it up and like I'll do it. <laughs> we'll put it on our like IG. Look, Bella can throw a perfect spiral. <laughs> We're gonna um, we're gonna need to do a contest about that. Yeah, can you? Yeah. Are you good? Loser at it? finishes an entire bottle of wine. You do not want to race me for chugging shit. This is like a conversation I had this weekend too, where I'm actually really good at chugging stuff. Okay, that's oh, a little yeah. embarrassing. But then, to say. but then you are gonna be the one doing it because hopefully I'm gonna be the one that wins. Wait, wait, wait! Hold up. <laughs> oh, you mean to throw a spiral? I thought. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> this is probably my alcoholic brain talking where I was like, we're both going to chug a bottle. Whoever chugs it first, like, oh, no, I meant, to, okay. I meant whoever, whoever can throw the best um, spiral Whoa. doesn't have to chug. We a clearly know who this, who's the alcoholic here now. <laughs> 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 um, 
But yeah, so that was kind of fun. Casually had a, a mental breakdown yesterday. Mm. That was fun too. Um, shout out to my support system for being there for me when I like cried it out a little bit. Um, life is hard, but yeah. Sure. And here I am today. I did a lot of work today, feeling good about being productive. So I basically gave myself like the day before and yesterday to just de-stress because self-care is important and um, told myself that today I'd hit the ground running. So I was in lab for a really long time today and I'm just going yeah. to try to pick up the pace with everything I'm doing because that's what I do best. Nice. No, it's, it seems like, wow, it seems like the beginning of a week every time that we do this podcast, whenever I talk to you, but it's actually a Wednesday. Yeah. So like the week is already halfway over. I know. Crow. That's so crazy for me to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to our time capsule question of the day. So the mm -hmm. question of today is, who is your biggest inspiration? Yeah, I was thinking about this the entire day and I still haven't had a good answer to go along with it yet. My biggest inspiration. Can you go first? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to go first? <laughs> um, Thank you. Short and sweetly put, it's my mom. I like, Aww. I honestly absolutely adore my mom. And, yeah. you know, despite all the trauma and shit she put me through growing up, like, I love this woman to death. She's my favorite human being uh, on the face of this planet. And I honestly think that my mom is the sweetest human being out there. And she's truly sacrificed so much for me to get to where I am today. And, like, just the way that she, like, puts others before herself. Like, she's so selfless and it inspires me. And, like, honestly, on, like, the flip side, not flip side, but, like, the... Um, what is it? The corollary of like my mom being an inspiration to me, like seeing the hardships she's endured makes me want to like do super well in life so I can just spoil the shit out of her later on. Wow. Yeah. No, that's amazing. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, we get to that point. What do you think the first thing, if you had like a million dollars already, what would you buy for your mom? Is it bad if my first thought was, is a million dollars enough? <laughs> wow what a no, great daughter like, like i don't know i'm amazing just, i don't know okay like this is i'm not like that inebriated but this is like a little emotional for me to say and i might start yeah. crying just now because i'm like a really mm -hmm. emotional person um okay so my mom's a very devout buddhist and she actually wanted to go become like a nun essentially but then wow. she didn't because she didn't want to leave her little brother behind back in Vietnam when she was just going to live a life of like abstinence and like devotion to Buddha and whatnot. Um, and wow. she's like someone who really likes going to temple. She finds a lot of joy in it. And I respect that because I can't entirely relate. Um, so I told my I realized this not too long ago that my biggest goal in life or to give back to my mom is I kind of want to like build a temple for her one day. And just have her have nice. her own temple to run because I think that would make her feel so at peace and she'd be doing what she loves. And yeah. that's like actually like my dream for her because she's not a materialistic person at all. So, yeah. Wow, that, that was beautiful. She doesn't listen to this podcast. It's fine. She doesn't know. It's coming. It's going to happen one day. Speaking it into existence now. Man, I, I, I do feel bad for following up with you on this now because my answer no, is going to be nowhere near as good. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest inspiration, oh man. Um 
at, at the time uh, being right now, because I feel like it changes uh, from time to time. Um, right now, I would say it'd be AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, because it's like I watched um, uh, Knock, Knock Down the House, mm-hmm. which is this like Netflix documentary um, about AOC and uh, and three other uh, female politicians that are running for the Senate in their respective uh, states. But then AOC is definitely the star of that documentary. And um, I'd always known her to be like standing up for, for women's rights for um, you know, like a safer workplace for uh, just like a a better, more sustainable future, things like that. Like every, every every single thing that I believe in as um, like in politics, like, fighting climate change and more equitable treatment of women in the workplace and, and things like that. Um, AOC is all about. And to, to see that documentary and like to see her story of like how she knocked down like the incumbent of that seat in New York uh, for the house of reps, like was really inspirational. It, it, it really felt like we were going in a, a different direction in this country and I'm all about politics and reading the news and keeping up with today's world now, uh, which is like, you you couldn't really say that about like 2019 Tway pretty much. So like to 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 know that she is like one of our uh, leading politicians in the Democratic Party, and um, to know that her voice is out there for younger people like me and like this next generation. Um, and ha- and to have somebody like her fighting for us like is is really amazing. Yeah, I yeah. I think it's really cute you brought this up because you wrote about this in your letter that about like how a year ago you weren't as well like like you were a, lo- a little more apathetic about it, but now you're like so immersed in it, and it's like it's so endearing to see. Thanks, man. <laughs> and that's 20, actually twenty twenty really does things to yeah, you. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, for better or for worse, but for better I yeah. would say. So I think this is like a very necessary plug, which I meant to do last week because we actually filmed episode two on a Tuesday and right. it was on Super Tuesday, I believe. Um, but like reminder uh-huh. to whoever listens to this podcast to register to vote. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Y'all, if, uh, yeah. if, if yesterday's if yesterday's we're shooting uh, shooting this on a Wednesday, but if yesterday's presidential debate uh, didn't make you like <laughs> scream your head off, pull, pull out your hair, uh, oh, at least it'll make you want to go out there and register to vote yes by all means please do um and i know that we're not like trying to get like extremely political but like human rights are not politics you know and so like i don't know about you but i would like to like push for more like use our platform of like 104 followers (laughs) like remind (laughs) you all to vote and to really like make your voice heard and to not be an asshole to other people yeah yeah, no, guys, 2020 is the year. Um, I I was still, I was kind of appalled um, today hearing that uh, there was talking to some people about like the presidential debate and uh, and them not listening to it and just being like, I, I like, I don't care about politics like whatsoever. Like, right. I don't care. Uh, it's still, it, and not, and like in, in today's world now that we live in, it's kind of like uh, disheartening to hear that kind of stuff because I, I get it. It's like, it's very, um, divisive right now like in terms of the atmosphere and there's not a lot of people out there willing to answer your questions about um about like what stance you should take or if your vote even matters or 
or who believes in what and why why is it good and or bad because a lot of people could be just like very one-sided in a discussion like that but you know i'm i i still do my research on fact-checking every single thing that i i take in like in the news it's not about politics it's about taking in objective truth and and making sure that you're making educated decisions so if anybody out there wants to talk to me about like anything related to politics if they're like if they're scared about that in any sort of way like i'm here guys just just dm me on instagram find me on facebook or whatever i i am going to be totally there for you the hero we didn't know we deserved uh, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, and there's honestly there's better people out there to talk about it than me but i'm i'm still I, i'm still happy if you decided to go through every single person that you know in your <laughs> life and still decide oh i'm the person to talk yeah because it the thing is like it should be a discussion i think everyone should be discussing this because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just like one vote. But that's if imagine like if everyone had that mindset, nobody would be fucking voting then. So like your vote does fucking matter, like especially in social media, because it's like everybody thinks that uh, because California is such a blue state already. So whatever your political alignment is uh, of whether or not who you vote for in California may may not necessarily matter if you're already voting blue but hey the fact that you publicize this on on a social media now is a big deal because you could be reaching so many other people um out there too that aren't just in california right you know yeah don't yeah. make assumptions according to the poster my band teacher had up in seventh grade when you make when you assume you make an ass out of you and me uh. <laughs> <laughs> it just stuck with me it was like on the front door of our band room um, yeah yeah so as before we head into the question of this week, I just want to ask you, do you have any thoughts on our last podcast episode? <laughs> oh, do I have any thoughts? And like, I think um, you know why I'm laughing already too. <laughs> oh, wait, not, not necessarily. Uh, but okay, wait, my, my thoughts. Um, I think I, I guess I had like different opinions now of like what I was talking about when it comes to um, like the whole dating conversation, like dating versus hanging out. Okay. Um, because I, I, I talked to Bella about this, like after the podcast, after we recorded it and listening to it again, made me think like, Hmm, I, I should probably clarify, um, like what exactly, uh, my stance is on like the whole, like dating slash hanging out with somebody and like, does it matter or not? Um, and yeah, I, I would say like, it actually matters because it's like, it's one thing to be clear of course but then um you can just kind of like pick up on the vibes that you're you're giving off to a person like when whenever you're hanging out with them and maybe and maybe it's like not not necessarily uh clear for you but it's definitely not clear to them um if you have that sort of inkling so i would just say like Whenever uh, you hang out with uh, somebody that you might be interested in, I think the more important thing is that um, when when you feel it, you could you could immediately ch- switch courses from there and kind of see like, and don't be afraid of like where that is going to lead you, you know. Maybe because we we get caught up in the whole like it's a hangout now, but we'll, it's going to be like a date in the future because maybe I'm. Maybe, like maybe I'm like uh, 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 like building that sort of attraction to that person, and the truth is is that it's kind of fluid, you know. Um, 
you just and you just got to figure it out sooner rather than later. And it's okay if it's like not established in the beginning, but as long as it's like established somewhere along the relationship. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I think like things don't have to be called from the very start. I think that's just how I function as a person. Like I told you, I immediately kind of, I don't even think I went into this in the last podcast, but I kind of immediately sort people into different zones when I meet them, which is kind of shitty. And not to say that that's like permanent. It's just, this is my impression of you. This is where I want you to be in my life. And you are more than welcome to break the mold, but chances are it doesn't really get broken. But um, so for me, Mm -hmm. I'm a very quick person to be like, I want to date you or I don't want to date you. Um, and it's interesting because my therapist recently brought this up where she's like, why don't you want to date any of your friends? Why, why do you have a friend zone? And I'm like, I just do. I don't know how to unbreak it um, because I just keep getting myself involved with really shitty people. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, wow, I have so many good friends. Why don't I like any of them? <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, I not going to lie. I like really, really listen to like what I say in the podcast to be like, Oh yeah. Do I actually stand by that? And I try to re-listen when I'm sober because, you know, mm-hmm. halfway through the podcast, I'm no longer like sober. Um, <laughs> and so I'm just like, was drunk be like spitting the truth or was she like spewing lies? Um, uh-huh. And I think I still stand by what I said uh, mm-hmm. because I, I do believe in like shooting your shot and just like, I don't know how, why it's so fucking hard for some people to just clearly communicate their intentions and expectations and be consistent with it because I to this very day still keep like getting myself into situations where like person says they don't like me and then they'll like say shit like like yeah oh this is why you should date me and I'm like don't say that unless you want to actually date me like you do not have to date me if you want to just fuck around then like just tell me that you know I was saying but like just be clear like you don't need to like say things to bait me I'm again I'm either down for it or I'm not and if I'm already down for it then you don't need to keep saying shit that will fuck with my head um, well Bella I I'm, I'm sorry to say this but there's a, there's a lot of afraid people out there and normally the people that uh end up like uh messing with your feelings or just feelings in general not just yours uh are the people that are very experienced with this sort of game of like shooting your shot and and seeing where things go from there you know, I, I often find that people, the, the people that um, like don't have the most experience are afraid to say something um, and are are really take a lot out of them to be able to like shoot their shot and clearly communicate what they want are are sometimes like the most worthwhile people to be like involved with, you know, because sure. at least you can because at least you can count on like those people being raw with you uh, once they finally do. It's only the people that may, maybe have too much experience to it that are kind of like, n- maybe not have the best of intentions, you know? Yeah, honestly, somebody fix me, please. Okay, that sounded awful. Not in the sense that like, somebody help me rediscover my self-worth and self-respect because apparently no. I have none. Um, <laughs> but Hello. yeah, but different talk for a different day, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I mean, I guess this goes into shooting your shot, really, because the question uh, that we had today uh, is about shots that you regret. So the question that we picked was from Alexandra, and it's, quote unquote, shots you've taken that you regret or, quote unquote, shots you didn't take and regret, which I love the play on 
awards yeah. there. <laughs> so there's just got to be some sort of regret <laughs> in our story. Yeah. Do you want to go first this time? <laughs> sure. I actually thought of um, a pretty good one. Um, and just me not having like dating experience in general, it's going to be shots that I haven't taken that I've regret. Um, but there's one that really sticks out in particular um, because it happened like almost like as soon as I came into high school. And it was with the the first ever friend that I've made in high school who happened to be a girl and who was cute. And um, I would get really excited about seeing like in PE because uh, that's where I met her. Um, but <laughs> I, I knew that she was on the basketball team. She was on Frost Soft. Uh, we, we had been talking. I thought she was pretty cute. And she tells me that I should go out to one of her games like sometime. Um, and, and so I was like, I'm down. Like I, I don't have anything else uh, to do in, in high school. Like club rush didn't happen yet. Um, didn't really have photography as my side hustle as I do today. So I had a lot of free time and I wanted to actually like, like ask her out at the game. You know, I, I, I've been thinking like, um, maybe, maybe, uh, this would be the time for me to see if things were like leading in like a different direction. But I mean, we're talking about freshman year Tway and freshman year Tway was like nowhere near as confident as he is today. So like it was already kind of doomed from the start, but what, what had happened was, um, she has a game, she had a game in like ocean view high school and we went to fountain Valley and, the, the distance that it um, takes from the two schools is like 15 miles, I think. And I didn't have a car and obviously didn't want to tell my parents that I wanted to see this girl and ask her out on a date because what I was planning was I was, I was going to buy her flowers for the game. And, and if, whether she won the game or not, I was going to be there to like give them to her as a way of like showing how, <laughs> how, how much I liked her and things like that. Um, so I, I bike first to like, I, I guess it was the Trader Joe's where I got the flowers. from. I biked to the Trader Joe's first, uh, which added up like another, like, like five miles to the journey, then, uh, put it in my backpack and everything zipped it up and then, uh, biked all the way to ocean view high school. I get there. Uh, I was kind of confused about where the gym was. So like, I was like, I was running around the entire time trying to find the entrance and I only get into the gym in time, like by the end of the game, it was already like fourth quarter. Um, but I get there and it being a frost off game, I did not expect to be the only one in the bleachers. Uh, oh at that God. point, I was like the only one in the audience supporting, uh, my, my only friend and, like every everybody else in the team saw me and was like was probably like who the hell is this guy <laughs> who goes to frost soft games like what <laughs> and um i see her and she's like uh having like uh, a good game and everything uh and the game finishes and she immediately sees me uh comes over gives me a hug and everything and i don't bring out the flowers i don't i don't even ask her if uh she uh, would want to go out on a date. Bro, you done biked five extra miles for no goddamn reason. You could have made like it to the 15 bucks for game. the flowers. Oh my God. I know. I was too scared. I was like, <laughs> what, what are people going to think of me? She like, 
we we like only met like two weeks ago. Hey, she um, literally shot her she shot. In, Why aren't you shooting yours? <laughs> yo, I, I mean, that wasn't really. I mean, I wouldn't consider her shooting the shot, but like it, it was also like in front of her, the basketball team. Her parents were gonna pick her up. <laughs> they were gonna see the flowers, and we'd be like, Who, "Oh, true. Who's this boy?" Very true, actually. <laughs> All of that came into my mind, and I didn't end up doing it. And I'm a sad boy for doing it now. So it's very dead. No, <laughs> no. Honestly, uh, she became. She still uh, stayed a good friend. Um, to this day, I haven't really talked to her um, because she's like in school. It's some part of the country mm-hmm. that I have no idea where. But yeah, I mean, it's times like this in 2020 in quarantine to be like, hey, remember that time in high school? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk again. Oh my god. You know? Have you tried reaching out to her again? Uh no. To twice, but that might like, change. Crush from so. 2010. If you're listening to this podcast, hit him up. He's single. He's got good and hair now she's, too. <laughs> and I know that she's taken. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should have prefaced yeah. this whole story with that. <laughs> <laughs> we're good she doesn't listen to this okay we're good. well we're good. maybe she should you know maybe i i don't think i've ever yeah she still doesn't know oh my God. that the flowers were in there well i really hope she one day listens to this podcast and hears about how you biked five miles paid an extra 15 bucks to 20 miles there. 20 miles yes oh right not just the yeah 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 i really hope she does one day um <laughs> It'll be a great story to be like, hey, remember the time? Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. It'll be, it'd be really cute. Um, Yeah. What about you? So in respect to just how like informational this whole podcast has been, but to kind of keep it short too, um, Mm -hmm. the shot that I didn't take that I regret, I have so many of these. I have like so many on both ends of this question, but Uh I was kind of seeing someone last year and- this is so bad. Um, basically, this so this ties into the felony story I actually mentioned in episode one. And oh, someone asked about this question, but we're going to hear it. So, oh man, this is awful. Long, well, I, I don't know how to make this like long story short, but I'll try to keep it as like, concise as I can. I met this guy going out one night and like it wasn't supposed to be anything. <laughs> but I this guy like would not leave my life like he just kept sticking by and I think I took that for granted a lot where I constantly Mm -hmm. told him like hey I'm not like this isn't gonna go anywhere like I this is the really shitty part and I hate to say this but I was like I am ambitious I am all these things and you are not and I can do better and I need to do better for myself which is funny because where the fuck is that attitude now that I need it right um yeah so this guy like off the bat I think this is awful but one of my favorite questions to ask people when I first meet them this is okay but drunk Bella is a whole nother monster so drunk drunk B was like what's your deepest darkest secrets (laughs) a true Scorpio um so and this guy actually indulged and was like going off about his, like, felony record, about, like, the DUIs he had and, like, all this shit. And it's, like, crazy stories. And I'm, like, oh, my God. Because, like, at the very core, I was goody two-shoes growing up, went a little wild post-college, and, like, here Mm -hmm. I am now, you know. 
Um, what was it about him that made you overlook the felony? Because I didn't take it seriously. Because the whole time I kept telling myself, we're not dating. Therefore, like, I don't need to care about who you are as a prospective partner. And, oh. and yet, like, he stuck around my life for months. Like, probably five or six months. And, like, wow. I'm at the very core of it. I'm someone who invests in people. So even if I didn't know it or want to admit it at the time... I was investing into him um, and this relationship. And so long story short at this point, shit happened between us and um, he like left Mm -hmm. and I was really, really devastated. And it took months for us to reconnect, to just talk and kind of get closure for what happened. And he hit me with the whole, like, you never gave me a genuine shot. Like you never gave me an actual shot at like dating you or courting you or anything. Like from the beginning, you were constantly telling me that it was never gonna happen. And I felt like I was just so like beneath your league. And like, now you're like talking to me as if like, you know, you wanna give this a shot now, but he had Mm. moved on. And so, uh, yeah, I think like, if anyone was in my life in 20, late 2019 to early 2020, they can attest to how wrecked I was over this boy. But yeah, a little a little peek into my whole why I have issues, I suppose. But that is admittedly the shot that comes into mind that I regret not taking because I let what other people in my life say get to me and what like I, I just base too much on like intrinsic value, I suppose. Or not even intrinsic value, but like I literally took like his value for like what I shouldn't have. Like I Mm -hmm. liked the guy. I enjoyed spending time with him and I should have just been happy with that. And I didn't. So after, so this is why I go off the whole, like shoot your shot thing nowadays, because prior to that, I was not about shooting your shot. I was all about like being smarter um, because I got wrecked by the boy before. (laughs) And so um, after this guy, I've always been huge on shooting my shot. And if like the moment I know I'm interested, I will vocalize that. And I'll be like, Hey, I'm interested in you. Because I regret so much this very day that I did not shoot my shot then when I could have. Well, it was kind of like how you, but you, you did end up like shooting your shot somewhat, right? Because you guys, you guys got involved, but then it became this whole, but me knowing the details of it. um, Yeah. Personally, and knowing that you regret the whole thing now. So it's almost like if it's both categories. Yeah, I guess, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting how these things happen, you know? Attraction is so weird. So, as we, before we wrap up, there's one thing I wanted to talk about, about episode two. And that is, and this is why I laughed earlier, the name of episode two. (laughs) I feel like we need to, this deserves, like, a segment on this episode. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I don't know how the hell it happened. Kept going on this entire week about the name. Yeah, you can talk to anyone that I've talked to this whole week. I won't shut up about like how funny I am. <laughs> hey, I had my pseudo little and I were talking today, and he was like, "I hate how annoyingly funny you are. Like you're so funny, it's actually annoying because we. I don't want to admit that you're funny, but you're funny because I think I'm funny." Sorry, I just sound like a psycho right now, but honestly, I think I'm funny. Um, I think it's, it's funny how crazy you're going about I, this, this whole you know, thing right now. I both really need a pee and I'm halfway through the bottle. So let me have this moment before I, you know, try to like, like work all this out before my surgery tomorrow. 
<laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so Toy had texted me late Saturday night and asked what we should name the episode. And I was like, without hesitation, right? I immediately yeah. responded to you, Prosecco yourself before you wreck yourself. Because I was like, Prosecco. Mm. And yeah. And, and yeah. But the thing is, Saturday night. Oh, I. so another update to my week real fast is that I do a drink of the month every single month where I try to craft like an original drink every single month. And I made one. And so I was like also drinking with a friend and I got really, really, really drunk. And I mm-hmm. don't really have much recollection of this happening. But in my very, very inebriated state, I immediately responded to Toyo with Prosec Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. And then I like proceeded to FaceTime him at some point. And I don't really remember the conversation we had. And then like the next morning when I like sobered up, and all that. I was going through my phone, but I wasn't even, t- I was like a little hungover. I was going through my phone and looking at my messages and stuff. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, did I come up with that? <laughs> and I had such a good laugh over it. And then I like knocked out for a good amount of Saturday or Sunday. And like, I mean, I did work and stuff that day too. But when I came home late at night, when I was finally fully like comprehensive and stuff like that, I reread it oh. again and I was like, oh my God, he deadass named the episode for Suck Yourself or You Wreck Yourself. <laughs> and I just, once again, could not get over how genius I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you proceeded to tell every single yeah, person. Yeah, literally you know everyone. <laughs> everyone that I've talked to, I'm like, so proud. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> proud. So from now on, we're letting Drunk B name the episodes because Homegirl's got some good ideas. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> which may not be long uh, after this podcast, considering yes. uh, how many glasses. Yeah, we'll, we'll name this podcast right in the next like fifteen minutes, probably. Probably. Okay. Probably. So, as usual, thanks for submitting your questions. We'll eventually get around to doing them, and don't forget to hit us up on decantinglife at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on IG. And mm-hmm. anything else you want to add? No, that's really it. Um, we love everything that you're sending us. Um, remember, your your follow, your like, uh, your comment matters. Um, so we really appreciate that. And also, we recently just got on Apple Podcasts, and we would love those hot five star reviews uh, for uh, for Apple Podcasts to you know recommend to other people. So yeah, if you have some time, uh, maybe as you're cracking open a bottle of wine consider reviewing us on apple yeah all right so this is bella signing off yep i'm tway and we will see you guys next next week. week bye